a kind of long question. It's almost like an introduction, no, really. But I feel like people need to, to know this before we even get started. So me and I all met just to kind of go through, and, 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 and what came out was that what, what, some of the stuff I wanted to talk with Ayo about, and I told him right from the beginning, actually there's a whole lot more. Yes. A whole lot more than that. Yeah. I mean, I think the stuff that we want to talk about is relevant, but there's a whole... <laughs> there, is, there is so yeah. much, isn't there? There's, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to say, and it's, it was weird, because when you, when you initially asked me, I was, I was like, is anyone even interested? And then, is it going to be of any value? But you, you left it with me, and then we had another conversation, and then I felt, why not? Um, it's good that we get to know each other, and it's also good that I can share um, yeah. where I've been. Because, obviously, came to the church a couple of years ago, rocked up, and it's like, who's this, who's this new kid on the block, apparently? Um, but... Yeah, it's good. It'd be Listen, good to the, share the, some the, stuff. Let, let's just go through that, right? Yep. The first time you rocked up to our church, <laughs> okay, we weren't in this building. We weren't. We were at the Pyramid Centre. I had to chase after you. Yeah. And you were an angry man. You were not happy. You I was upset. I was upset, day. yeah. Because, um, so we came to the Pyramid Centre, and thinking back, back on it, it was partly our fault, because we came after the meeting had started, and we came in the back entrance... Um, and so we were looking for a, a new church at the time, and this is one of the ch churches that were on our list, or on our short list. Um, <laughs> and so we, we walked in, and then no one greeted us. And I was like, hmm, church is meant to show the love of Christ. No one was there to greet us. Okay, fair enough. Um, and then service finished, and then I was thinking, Let's hang around for maybe 30 seconds, a minute, and see if anyone notices these 30 two. 30 seconds. Hey, I mean, I was, I was like, come on. I, I, I think I'd, I'd shorten the, the grace at that point. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and then we, I thought, okay, see if anyone notices these two new people that clearly don't go to this church or haven't been to this church before. Um, and then no one said anything to us, and I was like, oh, my gosh, fair enough. No problem. The, the, the word was decent. The music was all right. However, <laughs> who was preaching? No, I can't remember. Oh, okay. I, I, I was. I was probably thinking. I was probably still thinking over the fact that no one said hello to us at the start, um, which is obviously our fault because we came late and came in the back entrance. Um, and I then, like the fact that you're making sure you've emphasised that. No, because because <laughs> I think initially I probably made it feel like it was all your fault, didn't I? <laughs> you scared me. I, I ran down the... Yes, I mean, I don't often do this, no. but there was, a, there was a bit of a ramp, there, and I saw these ramp. guys leaving, and I'm like, they, they're leaving. No one's kind of caught them and spoke to them. See, I mean, the, they, the spirit And they within. gave us 30 seconds to speak <laughs> to them, you know what I mean? And I, like, chased down this, this ramp, made a bit of a fool of myself, and kind of got to the bottom, and we then was it. met by this angry guy. Yeah. And, 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 and his wife's kind of laughing. She's doing that laugh in the background because yeah. we've had this conversation. <laughs> she knows how he can get. But yeah. anyway, we, we yeah, won't yeah. go too far on this. But, but we, we got over that and yes. we went through and, and, and that was good. And yes. but listen, tell me, what's it like? Okay, because we, I'm from Liverpool. Yeah. You're from Manchester. Wow, We're wow, both wow. from kind of cities. Yeah. And, and I want to know, because whilst we have similarities, we have some differences. So I want to know, what's it like being interviewed by a Liverpool fan when we're top of... No, no, no. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, that's not the question. That was, it was a different question. No, what was it... Seriously, what was it like growing up in, in, in Manchester, inner city Manchester? What, what was your experience growing up, I am? 
Um, colourful is probably how I'll start. Um, a lot of issues with police. Um, some self-inflicted, others not. Um, a few experiences such as... Um, which one? <laughs> um, well, well t tell me about... Because the one that really sparked this interview... Yeah. I mean, we've, we've talked quite a bit, but just recently you shared yeah. uh, an experience that you'd had running for a bus in, in the centre of Manchester. I mean, yes. this is... We're going slightly... We're not going in chronological no, order here, no, are we? No, because no. you would have been, what, in your early 20s, late teens at this point, I would guess? Late, late teens, early yeah. 20s. Yeah, so uh, me and my brother... Um, were running for a bus because um, we wanted to get home. Um, at which point, and this was in the middle of Piccadilly, so it's not like it was a secluded area, it was a busy area. Middle of the day, apparently, I think yeah, you said. Yeah, middle of the day. Um, people obviously run for buses all the time. Um, and this police van pulls up. Out of the police van jump six or seven police officers all in full gear. Cut, cut us off on the pavement um, and they all hop, hop out, corner us and start questioning us about what we're doing um, and then they radio and check if anything's happened. If any crimes have been If committed. any crimes have been committed. Um, and, 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 I mean, we, we chatted this afternoon yeah. before we did this interview. I, I am very aware that this won't be everyone's experience. No. Even even every black person's experience. No. And, and I'm not qualified to kind of speak on this, obviously, as a, <laughs> as a white person. I get that. I understand that. But, but it's, it's your experience. And yeah. for me, whether it's one person's experience or not, I mean, this isn't only what we want to talk no. about tonight, obviously. But that, that is relevant. And, yeah. and that's not the only time things like that have, have no, happened. You've struggled um, with that. I remember years before that, because the school I went to was, there was a handful of black people in the school. Um, and there was one evening, as, as kids do afterwards, they, they hang out maybe on a Friday, Friday night. Um, and I remember one instance, I was well known, because particularly in that area, there weren't many kids who looked like me, um, my size, my description. And obviously I, I don't have a, a uh, regular name or a well, uh, an English sounding name, should we say? James is pretty English sounding. <laughs> Just the first bit, isn't it? <laughs> Funny enough, people always tell me that my, f my first name is James. Okay, okay. Which is interesting. Anyway, um, but. That's his surname, by the way, for anyone. <laughs> I wasn't being sarcastic then. That's James is his surname, yeah. but anyway, go on. And then, so what happened was a bike got stolen. Um, and because my face is well known, um, my name got mentioned, um, but I got arrested, but I was on my bike. So the description that was given was of a scrawny black guy and no idea what his name was, but my name got mentioned because being in that area and everyone knowing who I am, my name got mentioned. And I remember getting arrested because... The only, I think the only part of the description that I've, I've, I fit was being black because nothing else matched. The fact that I, I was on a BMX and the bike that got stolen was a mountain bike. So clear differences between um, what was being dis described as being stolen and what was being, well, what the bike that I was on. Um, and I remember getting arrested. Um, or things like, walking around my mum's area, again in the middle of the day, and me and a group of friends were just, we were just laughing and joking. We weren't 
being dodgy looking in people's houses or anything like that. But I remember we were walking around the bus stop and another police van come, pulls up. What are you guys doing around here? It's like, my mum lives around here. But things like that were the norm. Um, equally, things like, and I was thinking about this as well after we, after we spoke, often experiencing things like walking down the street, people seeing you and crossing the road. And you can say I'm being paranoid, but then when you turn back round and then you see them crossing back over the road, because that's the side they want to be on, it's kind of obvious why they cross the road at that point. Um, but things like that were just normal. Um, it's just it's just what you expect. Um, and then, for example, things like with the police, just police brutality, because you've seen it. You've seen your brother getting slammed on a police van when he's... So, for example, coming out of like little parties and whatnot, um, and the police get called for whatever reason, and they're trying to usher everyone in a, in a direction. Him following those those instructions, um, but I remember it was it was just a, a pavement where there was loads of kids on it, and because there were some people on the pavement, he was he he was walking on the road, and so. Obviously, that was enough to infuriate this police officer. So he picked him up and slammed him on on, on a police van. Um, but again, things like that were normal. Things that that's, you came to expect it. And so often, I guess the natural consequence of that is you begin to resent police officers um, because your experience hasn't ever been positive. Your experience has only ever been a negative one. Your experience has only ever been one where, particularly in instances where you know you've done nothing wrong, being treated like you're the worst of the worst, or you're stereotyped, or they look at you and say, yeah, you, you must have done something wrong. It's like, well, dude, I was running for a bus. Like, um, and, and, and the point of, in one sense, we're not sat here... No trying to right the world's wrongs no. or say that we're going to suddenly, you know, change the world in this situation. Although I do, you know, I think we all know that, you know, one person can change the world, actually. They can have a, a positive effect. But I think this is more about... I, I, I want people to kind of understand different people's experiences. And, and when the word talks about testimony mm -hmm. being important, yeah. it's powerful. And, and, and this is, yeah. you know, this is your experience. Absolutely. This is what you've experienced. Absolutely. Um, go on. Yeah, I, I, um, I, w I wondered about whether starting with this actually, um, when we were thinking about how to go about this, mm -hmm. but uh, there was a, there's an experiment done. We chatted about this earlier on, and it was uh, it was done on purpose. It was done at a university in America, and they took uh, a guy, and he was tall. We're on about a kind of six foot seven inch guy, and he was doing an interview. And they showed the people the, the kind of film of the interview. And it was a setup just to see how people responded. And, and what they did was there was a tick box in terms of previous jobs. And one of the things, it might not have been that they saw he, who he was in terms of actually saw it, but his height was immediately ahead. And there was in, in the uh, description of, of, of Korea, it was, uh, there was bank manager and basketball player was immediately below it. And this had been done on purpose. And the guy had purposely, again, it was a setup, he'd ticked so that you couldn't tell whether he'd ticked basketball player 
or bank manager. It was kind of in the middle. And so the question that was put to these 100 people was, okay, so what do you think he is? What's the best guess at what he is, basketball player or bank manager? Well, you can imagine what people put. The vast majority of people put basketball player. Why? Because he was tall. Because he's like six foot seven, six foot eight inch tall. Actually, what, what, they, what they wanted to get on and go on and show was this. The, if you looked at the pure statistics, the chances of him being a basketball player, professional basketball player, are a thousand times less than him being a bank manager. There's a thousand times as many bank managers in America as there are, although actually you like basketball, don't you? You're actually a big basketball fan. But there's a thousand times more bank managers than there are basketball players. Yet we all fall into those stereotypes of we see a, a, a big, I mean like myself, muscular, toned, you, you know like what I mean? Like yourself, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we immediately go into that stereotype role and you know, I, I, yeah. But tell me about growing up, Io, because there was, you know, this isn't just about you as a, as a black man. There was no. your your history of growing up and how you became a Christian and your experience there is, is you know, you you're more than just the colour of your skin, obviously. Absolutely. Um, so, grew up in a single parent home. Um, didn't know my dad at all. Um, I've got a couple memories of my dad. Um, neither of them positive. Um, the first one that I'll, I'll never forget is, um, so my dad lived in Liverpool because um, he was a lecturer um, and obviously we lived in Manchester. Um, there was a point in time when, let's say my mum my mom got fed up, she was tired um, and so she put us in a taxi, me and my brother dropped us off at his house um, and left. He wasn't in at the time, so we just stood outside his house for, I don't know, until, until he got back, let's say. Um, How old were you? You were the young, you're the younger brother. Yeah, I'm the youngest. Prob <sighs> I wouldn't say I was more than eight. Definitely not more than eight. Maybe seven. Um, and then he got home to find us a lovely gift on his balcony. Um, but he didn't want it. <laughs> and so, obviously went in. Um, I, can't, I don't think we ate, but we were quickly back on our way to Manchester, um, at which point he dropped, took us home. Um, no, my mum wasn't in, so just broke the window, and opened the door and put us back in and left. Um, so that's one memory. Um, that, come on, that... that, that. That sounds like you must have felt rejection. Um, I don't think at that, that age you fully understand what, what, that's, what that is. Um, a lot later, I, I think this, this, this might have been before this actually. I remember one Christmas he came round, um, I guess he felt, felt like he was doing his job properly by bringing us presents. Um, he was in his suit because he always wears a suit. And so, as a as a kid, you're like, "Oh, daddy," going up to him. So I sat on his on his lap, and then he pushed me off because he's like, "I'm." I, was, I think I, what he said was, "You're creasing my trousers." Um, but you I, you don't realise the impact of that until a lot later. Um, so rejection, yeah. 
definitely is something that you've, I felt. Um, and then, I guess you could say to an extent, a great or lesser extent, you, you, you question your value as a, as a human. Um, you question your value as a person, um, whether you're worth much, um, particularly when, like you say, um, I, play bas I used to play basketball a lot, um, and you'd go to basketball and you see the dads with the sons yeah, take them yeah, to basketball, yeah. encouraging them on the sidelines. Um, and your encouragement was yourself. Um, now, every now and then, that's, that's, that's fine, because sometimes it's just... But then just, there, are, there are some times when all of your mates have been picked up by their dads, and then you've got to pack your bags and make your way home by yourself. And, it's, and it was things like that. Or, but then I remember growing up, because I'm Nigerian, um, so we watch Nigerian movies a lot. Um, and there was one particular movie we watched where in the movie there was a, um, a family that split up um, and there was a child involved in the family. And then in the, in the film, the child got the parents back together. So it was me and my brother and my mum watching this film. Um, and then come the end of it, my mum asked the question, why, don't you, why aren't you guys doing that? Um, which, when you've, when you've got issues, that doesn't help. The implication being, it's partly your fault. Yeah. You could have done more about it. Yeah. You could maybe sort this situation. Yeah. And, and you, were, you were young at the time, weren't you? Very Teen, young, yeah. Early teens, I think. Yeah. Um, but then on top of that, because you see the impact on her of being alone or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Um, you draw the connection between your inaction, apparently, and what she's feeling. And then, again, you feel responsible um, for that. And that's sort of... Um, so it was it was it was interesting growing up, yeah. Um, because all that happens and all that goes on, but you don't show it um, amongst the people that, that you're growing up with. You don't um, show how you're feeling, and equally, um, it was kind of the everyday story, um, or at least you thought it's the everyday story. Um, at least single parent wasn't new. So then you tell yourself, ah, it's not that deep, just get on with it. It's not, it's not an issue. And this came out a lot as, as we were preparing for this. Yep. I think you, you know, you, you make a lot of excuses. I don't mean you, mm -hmm. I mean anyone in that situation. Yep. You, you, it's a natural thing, isn't it? You yep. make excuses, you yep. kind of, you, you round it off. But the, the fruit of this, affected you later on in life, didn't it? I, I think we'll get to the Christian element yeah. in, in a bit, but you, you, as you were older, you became, you, you, you grew up in church, yeah. but you, 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 there was a point when you, you made a commitment, but, which we can talk about in a bit, but then later on, a few years mm -hmm. on, it, the, the fruits of these experiences, I'm, I'm assuming it's the fruits of these experiences really started to kick in, didn't it? Yeah, um, because I... So you hear about God the Father, um, and I struggled with that concept, or at the very least, I struggled with the idea of God as a loving Father. I was I was all 
all in and all with the scriptures that talk about correction and I was all with about the scriptures that say if if like if I will correct you because I love you and stuff like that yeah. because my experience is correction or being told you're not worth this or this that and this is what you're meant to do and I'm 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 cool with the candid conversation about how you need to buckle up um but the concept of a father that loves you the concept of a father that cares about you the concept of a father that is interested in the individual parts of your life the concept of a father or god the father should i say that that cares so deeply about you even just the fact that someone cares about you i was like that doesn't make any sense and so i for years i struggled with god's love um and it probably took me the best part of a year year and a half to get to the point where i could rationalize and then from a rational understanding to a heart understanding that no god does love me um god does care about my life god does care about um what i'm experiencing or what i'm feeling it took that amount of time before i was even in a position to even accept that and and know that for myself um, and i don't think you see where where particularly when we chatted i i don't want to make this at all about me but when we chatted about and we when we went through these you know your experiences and we were preparing for this so much of the stuff you talked about I, I, I was like, yeah, I, I just, I mean, we, we talked about it. I got it completely. And, and I had a similar, my dad left when I was three, never seen him since. And, and I think, I think there's a, there's a really important point here that, that fathers matter. Yeah, and, and, and which was, a, which was a concern for yours, wasn't it? About yeah. fatherhood. Um, cause I, I think I've said it on in a preach before, um, but because of what I didn't have and particularly when I realized what I didn't have, um, I'd always, I always said that my, my barometer of success in life would be, for example, Gideon turning around and saying, um, you've been a good father. Yeah. Um, and the worst thing that could possibly be said for me was you weren't a good father or you weren't there. I, you've already been a good father. Amen. And he's only just turned one. You've already been a good father. Yeah. You're there. Your heart... <laughs> I want to encourage you, I want to tell you this, your heart, your love for your son, may, and you, it will continue, because I, I know you care, and I know it matters, and you will get it right. You will get it right. I want to really encourage you on that. And, and any father in here, you know, it's easy to criticise, it's easy to say, oh, you should have done this, you should have done that, you should have done the other, but I think one of the most important things is just being there. Yeah, yeah. Um... You can criticise. Listen, you know what? Anyone can criticise. I want to tell this for anyone in here. Anyone can criticise your actions. And that's fair enough. We all get things wrong at times. But criticise my intent, then you don't know who I am. And in many ways, this is, I want people to know who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But then, because I wanted to make sure that I was a good father, it meant that I had to be in control of everything. Um, it meant that I had to 
be in control of what I was earning in the sense of making making steps to to make sure I'm earning the most so that my kids won't lack for anything and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that led me down a path of drugs, getting involved in drugs, um, which didn't work out. Really um, does. It, yeah, really does. Um, but again, I thank God for his protection because I remember there was one night when it, and things went wrong, should we say. Um, and I prayed and I said, God, save me. God, protect me. Um, because the people that I was involved with, they had a reputation, should we say? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Of following through on their threats. Um, and I remember having a conversation some time later and the guy was like, you know what? I have no idea why we didn't show up. Well, you didn't. We always show up. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I know why. Um, so you realise God's protection. Yeah. You realised how you can pray to God and yeah. he's going to help you. Yeah. But that wasn't enough, was it? Because you, no. you hit, after a few years of being a really turn in your life. In fact, tell us about, what, there, was, there was a point, wasn't there? Late teens, I think. And, and you'd grown up in a Christian home. Mm -hmm. Your, your mum took you to church yeah. and, and all of that. But what, how did, where, where was that? How, where were you? I mean, you were being taken to church by yeah. your mum and all that. Yeah. But where were you in terms of being a Christian or believing in God or church and all of that? I knew church in the sense that I knew what the Christian thing to do in church was. So I, I knew the point at which to raise your hands. I knew the point to, at which to say amen. Um, I knew how to portray the image of a good Christian boy because um, I'd seen it. Mm. I'd seen people do it. Because um, one thing that people always say about me is that I watch a lot, um, which I guess that's where Gideon gets the problem from his mum as well, but like spend so much time watching. So like I'm like, okay, that's the point at which to lift, lift your hands, oh, both of them now. <laughs> um, and so, um, but that was... They're all laughing because they've all done it. <laughs> but that was um, for two and a half hours every Sunday. Um, and literally the minute I walk out, turn left and go about um, everything else that I was doing, whether it's music, whether it's drugs, whether it's like girls, whatever, um, and that was my story for as long as I could remember until one day, um, like I said, I'd always known about God. I'd always known about the church um, until one day I was walking out of church and it felt, it felt like an audible voice, but it wasn't an audible voice. It was just so clear in my spirit that I couldn't deny what it was and who it was. And it was God saying, you either walk with me or you don't. Um, and... I knew at that moment that I couldn't play this game anymore. Um, I couldn't play this game of one foot in, one foot out, or make, portraying the image of a good Christian boy um, because my heart wasn't regenerate. And by that, I mean my heart hadn't made a change. I'd, I've shown the image of what Christianity might look like to the, the kids in Sunday school or the parents that are looking at me thinking, oh, he's a great Christian boy. Um, but making sure that very few people knew what I got up to outside of church. Yeah. Um, 
but that that's not to say that from that moment everything went the way it was meant to go well it um, didn't did it it, didn't it actually went you got a few years on it, yeah. it, you were struggling when you tell, it, tell us yeah about that. um so like i say because when i talked about um making sure that i was in control of things and getting involved in certain things i also got involved in in a company um where i thought oh this is going to set me up for 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 a long time this is going to put me in a position where i'll be able to look after my kids when i eventually have them but i'll be able to look after my wife when i eventually have one um but it it was the worst decision i ever made um but funnily enough i knew that i shouldn't have taken that position because people say it should go but i know it's a spirit that was like don't take that role yeah don't take yeah. that but because i wanted to be in control it was as if God's in the driving seat and I've got my hand on the steering wheel mm. trying to direct in this area, be like, come on, come on, come on. Um, but essentially, because of just a lifetime of disappointment and um, essentially rejection and all sorts, um, it, it led me to a place of depression, um, suicidal thoughts, um, self-harm, or at least attempting it. Um, and hold on, you're a big guy, yeah. You got big muscles, yeah. You look the part, yeah. You know how to, I mean, you weren't necessarily involved in gangs no. per se, but you I were kind of around, around those people, sort of, weren't yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah. So, you, you was it Moss Side or just outside of Moss Side? Where was it you were brought up? So, I was brought up in a place called Burnage, um, or Benage for those that are. <laughs> A, a bit, a bit more upmarket, eh? Go on, mate. Um, but I spent most of my time in either Longside and, and Mosside. Yeah, um, that was where my weekend rough areas. Spent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you, you walking down them streets. You're yeah. a big, big guy. Yeah. You, you, you know how to look the part. Yet you're depressed. You're oh, suicidal. You yeah. Surely not. Easily, because it was one of those things where you got. I got good at compartmentalizing stuff. And I got very good at deflecting issues. And equally, um, it's easy to, to do bravado. Very easy to do that. And particularly when you're my size, um, you always stand out. And it's, it's easy just, just, all you gotta do is put your shoulders back, look, don't smile, let on. Something. Game face. You're, up, you're right, you're right, lad. Yeah, man, yeah, man, yeah, man. You're good, yeah, yeah, yeah. See that girl? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it was just, the basic conversations that everyone would have and it got to the point where people were like you know what we don't know much about you and I was like yeah that's because I don't I want it that way yeah and it looks cool doesn't it yeah we've all been around there's, you know done that, that been around that, people that, like there's that, that secretive yeah. element that people yeah. are like something about him um, and whether it's because inside I was crushed Vicky spoke about this morning whether it's because I was broken like really broken, but no one, no one would know that. And equally, it's not something that you'd talk about in your house either. Well, that was my next question. Who knew? No one. Um, literally nobody. Because how I grew up, no one knows your weaknesses. Um, and because of how what home life was like, um, there was also no point in sharing it there either. Um, I remember particularly this one instance where took a number of years, but something happened in the home and I was crying with my mum about it. Um, but then she 
was muddly in, in the moment and was like, okay, da 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 da. But the very next instance, it got thrown in my face. Or you, all you're going to do is cry about X, Y, and Z. So I was like, cool, all right. Never just reaffirmed. Again. You don't. You don't yeah. let people know. Yeah. You, it just that's that's it. It was just okay. That's cool. That was confirmation of the fact that no one ever knows what you're really feeling. No one ever knows um, what's really going through your mind because they either don't care, it's a bother, or you're going to appear as if, like, like it gives them ammunition to use against you. So if one of the guys in, in church came to you and said, I, 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 I'm, I'm struggling, I, you know, I'm, I've, I've got all kinds of thoughts, I don't think I'm worth anything, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I've considered ending it all, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm not happy, I'm depressed, I'm yep. feeling lonely. Yep. What's your response? Are you just going to laugh at him? What, what's no. Resp- oh, oh. <laughs> Are you going to play some music? <laughs> <laughs> Deflect. Um, I mean, honestly, I, it's interesting because, and I'm, I think part of this was how I grew up, but I do deeply care for people. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because for me it was, I was always conscious about being the person that I, I think was screaming out for people to be to me. Um, so I was screaming out for someone to care, someone to push past the bravado, someone to push past the, no, it's cool, I'm fine to push past the box standard answers. Um, and so I do deeply care for people. Yeah. I genuinely care about people's well-being. Um, and that's always been me. I guess part of it is also because I grew up thinking, oh, no one really cares anyway, so there's no point in going into what, what you feel. Um, but there is also that element that is, that is deeply bothered about people's well-being. Um, and I've always been that way. Um, I often regretted it because in certain situations you felt like people walk over you um, and then you go back to the bravado of like being being a big black god uh, um, and not and not being open or not even but then at the same time I was very good at keeping conversations about other people so me and you could be sat back then and having a conversation and you'd learn nothing about me maybe that support united we'd have a good we'd have a good chat about football because that's easy that's easy one to talk about it's easy one to talk about um football sport but as soon as it got personal about me i was i say an expert in deflection in the art of deflection um and you've overcome that tonight mate indeed (laughs) (laughs) I, i think this is this is an important point because I, I, I think we'll talk next about God yes. and how God really helped you yes. in this situation. Please. But, you know, the thing is, God helps practically as well yeah. with people. Yeah. And, and we're a church, and, and I, I just want to put it out there again, that if you're struggling, if you're finding things difficult, listen, none of us are experts, none of us are perfect, none of us have got all the answers, but you know what? We can listen. We can love, we can support, we can be there, we can help people wherever they're, they're, they're kind of struggling. And, and I think hearing stories like this tonight, if it says nothing else, it says you're not alone. 
you're not alone and, and Ayo's obviously there's not time tonight to share everything that, no. that, that you've been through so to, we, I think we identified maybe five different areas and yeah. trying to just identify but to, how did God help what, what was the first what was the first thing that he really helped you with or how was the first way he really helped you it really began to turn around for me um, when I truly surrendered everything to God um, the Bible says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to you um, and I know for years I was like, "Yeah, God, I'm doing, I'm doing you." But knowing that the the B part of that scripture is, "And all things will be added to you." Mm. And so my heart was, "God, I'm doing this thing for you. Mm. I'm singing on the stage, or I'm in youth because yeah, I'm doing your kingdom. So so you can add to me and tick and, the and tick that box and and do the B side and make sure that yeah, God, look, 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 look. I'm so it wasn't until I had to come to a place where I said. God, if you don't do a single thing for me, like beyond this point, yeah. you are still good. If you don't do one more thing for me, you're still worthy of praise. If you, you don't seemingly pull me out of one more situation, you are still faithful. Um, because for me, I had to come to the place where I realized that ultimately God doesn't need to do a single thing for me um, because he'd done it all on the cross. He's already done he's it. He's already all. done it. Yeah, absolutely. And so for me, it was, I had to come to a place where I could honestly say, because we do this thing where we say, where we pray and then we say, but God, your will. Um, but that's because we're ticking a box. Yeah. Um, I had to come to a place where I could pray for something, leave it at the feet of God and say, but your will be done and accept that his will would be done. Even if that didn't look like what I wanted it to look like. Mm. Even if the answer to that prayer didn't come the way I was backhandedly telling God that I wanted, I wanted the response to that question or that prayer to come. Um, so for me, it, it began to turn around when I truly sought first the kingdom of God. It was, God, how can I serve you full stop? Yeah, it wasn't, how can I just do it for yeah, you? Yeah, how can I be of service to you full stop? It wasn't, how can I be of service to you because I'm seeking first your kingdom, so wink, wink. The second part of that scripture is add all things. It was just... God, you, you've, you've done it all. You sent your son to die and my future is secure in you because I'm, a, I'm your child. Yeah. Um, and it didn't turn around immediately, but my peace certainly did. My joy certainly did. My disposition, my, my ability to be the person that God would have me be immediately turned around because it was no longer... My prayers were no longer self-centered. Um, and I think we talked about it earlier, but I really believe that the enemy knows that if he can keep us focused on our problems, yeah. we, won't, we won't advance the kingdom of God. Not at all. Because Not at all. life is life, and so much happens in life that if we focus on it, absolutely that's all we're thinking about. Yeah. Because all of us have enough situations that we're in and that surround us that will keep us focused on that alone. And if that's all we ever focus on, there's no way we'd ever have capacity to do the things that God would have. This is going on 
You know it's going on. But how can I serve you? How can I serve your people? How can I advance your kingdom? And again, if you don't do anything else for me, that's cool. So, so the first one wasn't, wasn't, was coming to that place of, okay, God, I'm not in it just for me anymore. Yeah. I'm in it for you. Yeah. So the second one was, I would sum it up as, as honesty. Yeah. You, you, you were honest with God. You said about where you were genuinely yeah. at. And because I think we can pray in, in difficult, I mean, for me, it was in difficult times. I just pray that prayer of God help me. And again, Vicky talked about this this morning about it's not that God doesn't know what you're experiencing. It's not that he's blind or he can't see what you're experiencing. Excuse me. But when we are honest and open about what we're feeling and where we are, we open up ourselves for his love to come in and take over that situation. Because when we're praying superficial prayers of God take control or God help me, the the right prayers to pray, they're the Christianese prayers, but they mean nothing. Yeah. But it's when we say, God, I'm broken. Yeah. God, I have no idea what to do. I don't know where I am. This situation has done X, Y, and Z. And at that, because what I found is at that moment that I was candid about what I was feeling, that God was able to begin to begin the healing process for me. Absolutely, and and you know, was for for, for I don't, we're all at different stages with our experience with God and and our understanding of God and how He works. But you know, I want to encourage you on what I was saying. If you're in that place and you're like God, I and I, I really need to be honest with you. Read the Book of Psalms. Yeah. I mean, it's funny you're talking about Vicky. That the, the message this morning was from the Book of Psalms, and 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 there's so many prayers in there. You read yeah. the, you know, of David and and just crying out to God and saying, yeah. "Where am I?" And the wounds have hurt me. I'm I'm in yeah. a mess, Lord. I need your help. Yeah. And 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 the, it's an amazing book, really. Yeah, absolutely, isn't it? absolutely. Um, and yeah, it was. It we have to get to a place of honesty. Um, and openness before a God who sees it all anyway. Um, Which, for, when you're talking about, I mean, let's not forget, you, you're talking about someone that's grown up, yeah. putting on the, the, the face, the act, yeah. not revealing anything about yourself, no. and then suddenly taking that stance with God, yeah. and I suppose expecting everything to be okay, and I suppose it makes sense, doesn't it, that you've had to get to that place of, part of it was getting to that place of, Okay, got it. I've got it. You know, I suppose above everyone else, I've got to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I always knew that it wasn't working. How I was, how I was trying to do this thing. Yeah, um, it wasn't yeah. working. Me just expecting everything to work to fall into place because I'm a Christian. Um, but I'd also heard about the fact that it might not always go the way you want it to go, but God is still worthy of praise. Absolutely, and so that was different to where I was, and I had to. And I thought, okay, there's something in that. Um, there's some truth in that. Let me let, let me let me try that out. Yeah. Um, and so I did, and what I found as a result of that is, when you truly seek after God, when you truly put Him at the center. Yeah. Um, and when you truly focus on him, yeah. things they don't take care of himself. He takes care of them for you. Yeah. Um, and things began to turn around that, like following that, 
Um, and for me, it's just, it, it wasn't easy to get to that point um, because, like I say, as a result of what I'd experienced, I wanted to be in control of everything. Yeah. I wanted to be in control of every situation. You're taught as a, as a man, take control, lead, yeah. be in control of every situation. Yeah. And so to be in a position where you're not in control and you're willfully not in control um, was difficult. It was a bit of a struggle, um, but ultimately it had to be done. Um, I couldn't continue to profess the Lordship of God over my life and not actually allow him to be Lord. Not my will, but yours, yours be done. Yeah, but me yeah. and that. Yeah, oh, absolutely, um, yeah. Because, again, we get into the falsehood of Christian cliches and we spew them out and they mean nothing beyond the fact that we've just used energy to, to say those, those words and they mean nothing. Yeah. Um, and it's often the very simple prayers or the very simple declarations. Um, I remember the passage that Vicky spoke on in 1 Samuel and this morning, and it was that thing about Hannah when she was praying and it looked as if she was, Eli thought she was drunk. And it was like, no, cause, but sometimes there are prayers that are so deep within you that you can't utter the words, but you might mouth or like the anguish is so deep within you and sometimes you have to get to that point and it's like God I I can't do this anymore mm. and oftentimes it's when we get to that point it's at the end of ourselves that we find everything that God has got for us because at the point in which we're trying to hold on to control and to still steer the ship God's it's not that he's unable, but he's not going. He, he won't step in. Absolutely. Because he's Lord and he's in control. And as long as we're trying to maintain control over our situations and our life, he can't be God and be Lord and show that he's Lord. Because God says, "I will get the glory." It's funny. I was talking with someone this week and um, a Christian and. We were talking about situation, and they're saying, "Well, I, I'm going into this situation as myself." And I said, "Hold on, as a whether you, I mean, it, it, the highest, the, the basic premise is as a Christian that actually, when you become a Christian, you're actually no longer yourself anymore. Yeah. You represent something higher. Absolutely, you, you, you're not." And and it sounds it's a, it's a difficult thing to explain because it's a it's a faith thing. Yeah. It involves trust. Yeah. It involves the ultimate trust in God. Because yeah. what you're saying is God no longer me anymore. Yeah. I I don't. And it's not. I think I think the important thing is it's not that God doesn't care. No. Because if if we were dealing with someone you know some oppressive dictator, mm. then that would be a frightening prospect, wouldn't yeah. it? To say, okay, I, I'll give everything over to you, and I'll just accept whatever you've got for yeah, me. Absolutely. But we're actually dealing with a God that you've talked about. You discovered deeply. that He loves you. Yeah. He loved like He loves you beyond all things. It, mm. The Bible talks about how we were knitted in the womb. Mm. And I love that because I, con I contrast that with Genesis when it says God spoke, God spoke, God spoke, but yet you and I were knitted together. And so it tells me of a God who's intimately 
concerned about every aspect of, of who you are. He could have spoke us into being, but he said, no, 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 you're made in my image and I'm going to knit you together because I love you so much. Come on. So much so that I'm going to send my son to the cross to die Come for on. you. And so when I was struggling with self-worth, it's things like that that I had to think and say, actually, no. Mm. This is the creator of the universe, infinitely powerful, but yet like, infinitely personal. Yeah, absolutely. He's got all power, but yet he holds me in the palm of his hand. Yeah. Um, and it was coming to that realization that actually, no, I, I am of value. No, actually, I have, have so much worth because of, of how he demonstrated that worth for me, that it was worth his son dying for me. Um, and that was a journey to get to that point. Um, but it's, it's, I remember there's a, there's a song that I always used to sing and it is a hymn, which um, is great is thy faithfulness. Um, and that hymn has gotten me out of a lot of situations. Well, my, my, do you remember my first question to you was, because you, yes. you, you're part of the preaching team, yeah, yeah, and so you, you know, outcome. It's what's, yeah. what's the outcome? What do you want? What do you want? And, and yours was just the f people to know the faithfulness of God. That's it. It's exactly what you um, said. Because He is faithful, um, and if you want to look at my story, look at my story and see the faithfulness of God. If you want to look at the story of this church, look at the story of this church and, and see the faithfulness of God. Um, and don't look at where you are. Look to the God who knows the end from the beginning. Mm. And the God who says, I know the plans and the purposes yeah. for you, um, that I have for you. Plans of good and not of evil to bring you to a, a, a an expected end. Yeah. Future like, and a hope. Yeah, because... It's awesome because it's not like you're just going to end up somewhere. He expects and he knows where you're going to end up. And that's the, that's the end to which you're going to, that you're going to come to when you surrender and allow him to be God and him to lead you. Very good. Um, and so, yeah, if you're going to take one thing from, from tonight, the faithfulness of God. God is faithful. Um, I don't know where you are or what you're experiencing or... Um, or what someone else that you know, but God is faithful and he will never let you down. Um, he will never fail because he can't fail. Come on, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I warned you that I was going to ask you a question out of the blue. Yes. But you weren't expecting. Yeah. And if you'd have done your homework, you would have known what the question was going to be because I think I've asked it of everyone else so yeah. far. So... It, it is this, okay? What is, it's a two-part question. Okay. What is the, what, what legacy do you want to leave this world yeah. when you leave this world? Yeah. So at the end of your life, what is the legacy that you want to leave? Mm -hmm. And the other, the other part of the question is this, what legacy are you actually leaving at the moment? Okay. So is it, are you leaving the legacy you want or, come on, be honest, are you, have you got some way to go? Um, there's definitely more to do. Um, there's always more that we can be doing, um, and we talked. We, you mentioned it earlier about fatherhood, um, but I also believe that the disposition of a Christian should be one hand reaching forward and one hand reaching backwards, um, and that's reaching forward to those that have gone ahead, yeah, 
and reaching backwards to those that are coming up behind you. Yeah, very um, good. And so, and we should be holding on to those hands, pulling those guys up mm. and holding on to the guys, that have, those that have gone ahead of us and allowing them to pull us forward because we, we don't know it all. Um, and for me, it's fatherhood and biblical manhood. Um, I have been doing Bible studies with a group of friends that I've got, group of males that I've got. Um, we're trying to schedule in a meet. It's been it's been some time since we're able to do that. Um, but I also mentor some young young boys um, because it's important that. I can be for other people what I wish I had. Yeah. Um, and if I can steer some people in the right direction, if it's one one guy, one one young man, I don't have to make the same mistakes that I made. All right, that's all the good stuff. Okay. Where are you getting it wrong? Where am I getting it wrong? Um, I still struggle with insecurities from time to time. Um, again, I, I I think I'm I've. I'm better at putting on a front. It's not always. It's not so much a front anymore. Um, but yeah, I still struggle with insecurities. Um, I'm. St I can still question myself quite easily. Um, but yeah, that's probably one of the ways I'm getting it wrong. I'm also getting it wrong in people, because um, I know I'm meant to love everyone as my brother and sister. But does not always feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how are you going to improve that? What's your commitment to all these people here? <laughs> I know, right? No pressure. No pressure. No one's going to hold me to this. There's only this, me and you here. Yeah. Pretend, pretend, pretend that just I'm not speaking into a microphone. Yeah, yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah, it's just between me and you, I No one's listening. They're no not one, even listening to this. No one's even interested. <laughs> um, just, I don't know, continue to open myself up to people. Um, continue to be honest uh, with people. Yeah, um, continue good. to love on people, um, and I don't know, ask questions, see how people are doing, and and try and remember what they've told me about the week or what they're doing. Yeah, because um, yeah. I think that's that can be a problem where we ask questions of people and they tell us something about their life, and then we get so busy in our life that we forget what, what they've said or even to follow up. Oh, we're just being polite. We're not actually listening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's my commitment to all you lovely people who are not going to hold me to that at all. <laughs> no, they're not even, they're not even <laughs> not listening. listening. You're, you're honestly, right. mate, you're absolutely fine. Ayo, right. that's a good place to wind it up. I think I, so. That's, that, that's, that's I hope really, so. Listen, I, I, you know what? I, I'm, I'm really glad we did this. I, I really am because I think the the topics you've talked about, the the unique we've we've not we've not really broached some of these topics actually. Okay. Particularly in, and I'm not just on about the the black issue that we yeah. talked about at the beginning. I'm on about the fatherhood issue. Yeah. I'm on about the insecurities yeah. and and the depression. And I think to see someone that I, I think a lot of people in here could very easily look at you and think you've got it all together. And hey, how you know he's he's just breezed through life, <laughs> you know, and he's not had any issues or anything. So to actually be vulnerable and to be able to talk about that thing is incredibly powerful. Come on, awesome. give, him a, give him, show him some Thank love, you. show him some love.